We're going to take a break uh, from the book of Genesis throughout the month of uh, December. And what I would like to do is a series of messages, and I titled it, I titled it, Noel. And what I would like to do is to take some of these Christmas songs and to see how they're so scripturally prescribed and to see of how it brings about the message of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to talk about Bethlehem. We sung just a few moments ago, O little town of Bethlehem. And so what I'd like for you to do is take your Bibles and turn with me to Micah in the Old Testament, a prophet, the prophet of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. You go to Jonah and take a right, and you'll be right there in the doorsteps of Micah. So Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It's a, a prophecy that you don't hear or preach or read a lot about, but yet it has so much involved in this small little book. In chapter 5, verse 2, shares with us, the coming of the Messiah. 750 years before the Lord Jesus Christ was born. The Spirit of God spoke through the pen of the prophet Micah. And he shares with him of the prophecy of the Messiah that is coming forth. And so, with your Bibles open, we're going to read that one verse of Scripture. So, would you stand with me? And I encourage you to keep your Bibles open because we're going to be looking at several passages of Scriptures today as we think about Bethlehem. Because I think there's so much that is involved in the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior around that little town called Bethlehem. In verse 2 of chapter 5 of Micah. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old from everlasting. We'll stop there, but we're going to go back and look at this whole entire passage of Scripture in just a few moments. And so join with me as we pray. Father, how exciting it is to come to this point in time in our life, to be able to sing the songs that we've sung and to be able to read the Scriptures that we were able to read. And to be reminded of your amazing love and the wonderful grace that you have so well demonstrated through the birth of your son. Lord, help us never to take this season for granted. Help us to always be reminded of of what it means and how it has impacted our lives. Father, we pray that today. 
for your filling and the anointing of your, of your spirit upon us today. Not only the preaching, but of the hearing of your word. And praying, dear Lord, that Christ would be exalted and uplifted because we're reminded, as the scripture teaches us so well, that when Christ is exalted, that all men shall be drawn unto thee. And Lord, that is our prayer today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You so may be seated at this time. Every person's existence can be summarized by three words. The birth, the life, and the death of that individual. All of our lives can be summarized by those three words. Now, when you think about the life or the birth and the life and the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, immediately comes to our minds of the three different cities that are represented in those three areas. The birth, of course, that was Bethlehem. The life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, there was Nazareth. And then, of course, the death of our Lord and Savior was Jerusalem. So you stop and you think about it. There in Bethlehem, we think of the cradle. There at Nazareth, we think about the carpenter as he was growing up to become a man. There in Jerusalem, We think about the cross. And so all of that brings together what brings to us to mind that is that God had a plan and a purpose of bringing this about in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it all evolved around a little town called Bethlehem. Quaint little town. You can hardly see it on the map. But oh, how wonderful and how special it was because it truly does remind us that big things come from small packages. Out of something small and quaint as a little town called Bethlehem that God himself became a man born of the flesh of a woman. And there grew, become a man, and there died upon the cross of the Lord Savior. There at Jerusalem. What I want to do for a few moments, I want to take this prophecy. And I want us to take it and to begin to dissect it. And to be able to see of God's miraculous work in bringing this special event forth to us today. First of all, you may follow with me in the bulletin as the outline. First of all, I want you to notice the city as a fulfilled prophecy. A city as a fulfilled prophecy. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 and following is probably one of the most clearest, one of the most concise one of the most concentrated messianic prophecies throughout the whole entire Bible. And here in this passage of Scripture, we can see how Micah, a servant of God, 
a prophet of God among his people, prophesying 750 years before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ about his coming. And so what Micah does, it's amazing. So what he does, he takes that prophecy and he begins to expand it before us. And as he begins to expand it, he begins to share with us several things about this Messiah. First of all, he talked to us about the identity of the Messiah. Chapter 5, verse 2, he says that he will be the one to be the ruler in Israel. He will be the one that will be the ruler in Israel. Immediately, we are known, we are able to know that there is going to come a Messiah. And that this Messiah was going to be born. My friend, he was going to be born as both sovereign as well as a shepherd. He is going to be one that was going to be the anointed one. From God himself, the ruler over all of the nation of Israel. This God himself to be born there in Bethlehem. The Jews recognized from the prophet of Micah down through the ages that this was going to be a certain place where the the Messiah was going to be born. And it indicated that birthplace here in Micah as the Messiah. Now, when the wise men came, you remember the story. They came seeking this one that was born. And then as they were asking for this one, you remember King Herod. He brought in the chief priest and the Pharisees. And he says, where is this one to be born? And immediately they began to say, Matthew chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, speaking about Micah, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd Shepherd my people Israel. So immediately, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Jews of old knew immediately of the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ as being the Messiah. And he was going to be born there in Bethlehem. But oh, Micah, as he begins to share with us not only the identity of this Messiah, He also reminds us of the divinity of this Messiah. Go back to verse 2 just for a moment. Because it says there, Whose going forth are from of old from everlasting. That's an interesting statement. Because in the Hebrew wording, everlasting literally means the days of eternity. The days of eternity. In other words, the Messiah was not going to be created, but that he was born from eternity to eternity. That he is the Messiah. 
whatever happened, that this creator was now going to become the creature. Think about it for a moment. The one who said, let there be light, comes and he becomes the light of the world. Think about it just for a moment. The one who hung the stars in the skies becomes the bright and morning star. Think about it just for a moment. The one that who created man is going to become a man. And so he talks about the divinity of this Messiah. I'm reminded of what John said in John chapter 1 verse 1. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Isn't that amazing? That God himself was going to become visible to us today. And then in John chapter 1 verse 14, he says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, my friend, Paul even brings it out even clearer as you go back and you look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said about this one that was going to come. He says, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him And for him, but oh, listen to verse 17. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. That's a good place for an amen. I mean, you stop and you think about it. Paul was astonished and amazed that God himself, the invisible, was going to become visible before us today. And that's exactly what he did. And Micah was very, very clear in describing not only his divinity and his identity, but also he described his humanity. Because the Bible says in verse 2 that Micah prophesied that the Messiah was going to be come into this little town called Bethlehem. In other words, he was not going to be dropped out of heaven into this earth like dew upon a grass. But that he would literally come from this city. He says in verse 2 of chapter 5, But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me refers to the fact that Messiah was not only divine, but that he was human. The Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will become the Son of Man. 
The Bible reminds us as a man, he was baptized by water. As God, he baptized with the Holy Spirit. As a man, he was thirsty. And yet as God, he walked on the waters of the Sea of Galilee. As a man, the Bible says he was hungry. But as God, he fed the 5,000 with a few pieces of bread and a few pieces of fish. Think about it for a moment. A man who wept at the tomb of Lazarus. As God, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Think about it for a moment. As God, I mean, as a man... He wore the crown of thorns as God. He will wear the crown as a king of kings and the Lord of lords. Think about it for a moment. As a man, he died on a cross. But as God, he arose from the grave. Praise God. Not only he talked about his identity. He talked about his humanity. He talked about his identity and humanity and his divinity. But also, I want you to see one other thing that Micah reminds us here today of the activity of the Messiah. In verse 2, the Bible says he was the ruler. In verse 4, we are told he shall stand and hit and feed his flock. In other words, as Messiah, he is prophesied to be sovereign, to lead his people. But he was also prophesied to be a shepherd, to feed his people. Now I want to show you something very amazing. We talked about the identity, the divinity, the humanity, and the activity. But it's amazing as you go back to Luke chapter 2 verse 11 that that Luke himself takes that prophecy and reveals to us that for there is born to you this day. He reminds us of his humanity. And then not only he says there in verse Uh, In verse 11, not only his humanity, but his activity. This day, in the city of David, a Savior is born. And then Luke reminds us of his identity. He says, he is the Christ. And then Luke reminds us that he, of his divinity, he is Lord. He is Lord. Micah announces here as... Seven and one half centuries before the Lord was ever born of these special truths. Doesn't that encourage you to know that God has been in control all these years and bringing this about to us today? My friend, when I began to look at these prophecies and to see how these prophecies was fulfilled one by one, Every step in every way, it encourages my heart and reminds me of the blessed Savior that we have today. But I want you to see something else. 
Not only the city of fulfilled prophecy when we talk about Bethlehem, but also a city of familiar history. Luke chapter 2 verse 4. We're told how it came about that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. Listen to this. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. Now, I want you to see how God began to work all this out together. First of all, you'll notice in this passage of Scripture that history of a divine preparation. It was not by accident that Jesus was born of Bethlehem. But it was of divine providence of God himself. Bethlehem is about six miles southwest of Jerusalem. It's 2,500 feet above sea level. It is uh, on the way of, on the highway that led to Hebron and to Egypt. Bethlehem. What's the place where David was realizing that it was known as the city of David? Bethlehem had become a place of where David's great-grandmother there, uh, which is, of course, by the name of Ruth, met her husband, Boaz. There in Bethlehem. There in Bethlehem is where David's father, Jesse, was born. There in Bethlehem was the place that David, he watched over his sheep by night. There in Bethlehem was the place that he was anointed by the prophet Samuel. To become the great king of Israel. It was there, divinely prepared by a sovereign God, that this one, this Messiah, it was going to be born there in Bethlehem. But not only the history of this divine preparation, but also I want you the history of the divine presence. Luke chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3 says this, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cyrenius was governing Cyrenia. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, God came to earth for the first and only time as a man to a certain place called Bethlehem. Now, the reason, of course, Jesus was born in Bethlehem is because Caesar Augustus ordered a census to take place. Now, I want to find this very interesting. It's fascinating that historians tells us that census that was ordered was the very first 
time of its kind in the history of the Roman Empire. Very interesting. So, was this by coincidence? Or was this by providence? I believe it was by the providence of God. I believe that God, the sovereign God that we know today, took this one by the name of Caesar Augustus and used him to carry out the plan that to fulfill the prophecy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. For had this not taken place, Jesus would have been born in Nazareth. So it was divinely prepared. And so Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says, For there is born to you this day, talking about a certain time and a certain place, a certain individual. And then, of course, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son at a certain time, at a certain place, here in Bethlehem. But I want to show you something else. I want you to see not only that history is a divine preparation of how God was behind it all, and the sea of history of the divine presence of the Holy God. But also, I want to remind you of the history of divine praise. The greatest praise service has ever taken place was taken place there in Bethlehem. Heaven and earth came together in a time of celebration. Heaven and earth came together in a time of praise and worship like it had never, ever been experienced before. You think about the proclamation of the angels there in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Praise be to God. And then, of course, there was the adoration of, I mean, the celebration of the choir. Listen to verse 13 and 14. Of Luke chapter 2. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Do you see? Do you experience the celebration that is taking place there? And then of course the adoration of the shepherds. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 15 and following. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to where? Bethlehem. And see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary 
and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Oh, glory to God and his highs of the great celebration. And there it was all divinely planned through this time of praise and the history that God had placed in the city. Now, if you think Bethlehem means anything, my friend, it tells us what Christmas is all about. Christmas is a time of celebration. Christmas is a time of adoration. Christmas is a time of where we come together today and be reminded of God's amazing love. It's a proclamation. It's a proclamation of what God has done. There's no greater time, is there, to be able to tell people that God loves them. No greater time to tell people that God has given them a gift, a gift called the Lord Jesus Christ. But one last thing, and I'm glad it's the last thing because my voice is just about gone. One last thing. The city of a fabulous mystery. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 said, Jesus would come from Bethlehem, Ephrathah. The city had actually two names. And it's amazing when you begin to think about these two names. Bethlehem means a house of bread. Ephrathah refers to the fruit of fields or fruitfulness. You think about it. Bethlehem reminds us of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I am the bread of life. We partake of the Lord's Supper. And we hold that piece of bread in our hands. And we say, this is the bread that came down out of heaven. Not as the fathers ate and died, but it's the bread that gives us eternal life. This is the bread. He is the bread of life. And then, of course, you think about the fruit of fields. Fruitfulness reminds me of the wine, reminds me of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pick up that cup and we hold that cup in our hand. And we're reminded that through the shedding of his blood, without the shedding of the blood, there would be no forgiveness of sin. There, there's through the names of Bethlehem, Ephrathah. I'm reminded of a story. Philip Brooks, one of the greatest preachers that have ever preached in the 19th century. He was known as the Prince of Preachers. There in 
1865. He took a journey to Jerusalem. And from Jerusalem, he went to Bethlehem. There, he was able to visit the different places of the Christmas story describes. He goes to the hillside of where there was a cave or possibly of where there was the manger of the Lord Jesus Christ. He leaves from there. And he goes and he spends a time of worship, which is known as the Church of the Nativity. It was established in A.D. 365. And he says it was one of the greatest experiences of his spiritual life to be there during this Christmas season. Three years later, He's back in his church. And there he goes and he begins to speak to a man by the name of Louis Redner. Louis Redner was the music director. He was also the uh, uh, Sunday school superintendent. And he asked Louis Redner, he said, I'd like for you to share with us a song. A song that our little boys and girls could sing at our Christmas musical this year. And after sharing his experience of what he experienced there in Bethlehem, Lewis Radner penned those words. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by. Oh, yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Oh, Louis Radner said to his deathbed that God woke him up in the middle of the night. And gave him the words to pen those words of that song of old little town of Bethlehem. Aren't you grateful for Bethlehem? Aren't you grateful that God in his providence and his sovereignty, that he began to make it all come about and to bring it to a point of reminding us of his sovereignty and his deity and his love and his mercy. Friend, you're here today. I hate to know that you would go through the Christmas season and not experience the greatest gift of all, and that is our our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So today... I invite you to come and give your heart and your life to him. Maybe today, during this Christmas season, as a child of God, as you reflect upon the love of God, it encourages you to come and recommit yourself 
to their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow with me in prayer? Oh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for leaving the glories of heaven, coming into this world, living a life of perfection, demonstrating the holiness of God. Lord Jesus, I pray that we'll never forget that. And may your Holy Spirit work in the lives of your people today. For we ask it in Jesus' name.